Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin. And together, we normally do a methodical review of the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan. But today, we have something special for everyone. Today, we're not going to talk about Tenet. Thank, thank God. God. Yeah, <laughs> we had the same. <laughs> we're going to talk about Oppenheimer. Uh, we were both fortunate enough fortunate enough to see it opening weekend. Did you see it? In, you saw it in IMAX, right? I saw it in the full IMAX, and we, which is weird because I almost feel like this is the one you don't need to see in IMAX, but we can talk about that. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that. Did you have access to like the 70 millimeter IMAX or did you just do digital it, IMAX? I believe it's digital. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The 70 millimeter one. It's whatever yeah. the AMC does. They have their they have a special um, yeah. IMAX theater, but I believe it is digital. Yeah, I I saw digital IMAX as well. There's only um I think there's only 26 theaters in the US that have um like the 70 millimeter capability. Um and where I live is is not one of those 26 locations. You you you're closer to a bigger city than me, so I figured I, you might. There is a 70 millimeter uh theater down in Seattle, downtown Seattle, and I plan to watch Tenet there. Um, it's not IMAX though. It's a 70 millimeter and they show like every now and then they'll do events where they're like, Oh, see the original print of Lawrence of Arabia in 70 millimeter or something like that. Um, but usually it's like, it's only open like late at night. It's not like a busy theater. So it's hard to go upend your life to see it even though. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so anyway, we've both been fortunate, fortunate. I can't say that word today. Uh, fortunate enough to see Oppenheimer opening weekend in IMAX. And we have thoughts. I have thoughts. I know you have thoughts. I, I've i soured on it a bit, and I just want to get your, your reading Ooh. a little bit. Uh, are you going to be the contrarian on this, or did you really like it? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say... I, I can't even say it's my favorite Nolan movie. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think there's some really powerful things in it. I also think there's some, like nonsensical things okay. like things that could have been avoided <laughs> or like okay, just good, done good, without. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like it's, it's, it's by no means a perfect movie. Okay. Cause I came out of the theater hot that this was like the greatest movie I had just seen in my life. <laughs> okay. But it might've been like I opening night, like the, the Thursday showing, which was sold out and was all like, you know, just dudes, like single <laughs> dudes by themselves or like girlfriends who could care less, uh, you know, it was like it was like the Beatles at Chase Stadium, but instead of like for 13 year old girls, it was 35 year old men. <laughs> so it was yeah, a that, real a real buzzy theater experience that that adds up. <laughs> and it's so weird, like it, it, people were so charged coming in, like it was like, like they're going to see, you know, um, what's another th- great perform I, I like cheap trick at budokan they're coming in like that's that's what they're gonna see and it was just like we all just sat down and watched a drama together <laughs> it was very weird no action none at all no no not really no action yeah uh it, it was a very little romantic romantic action 
it, yeah well <laughs> we got we got to get into that know. too i got questions about that too um <laughs> like where where do you want to where do you want to start oh where do we start over okay um, let's start here oh, overall on a on a one to ten where what do you put in this movie oh it's a solid nine Oh, wow. Nine. Okay. I think it's a very good. Oh, no. That's why I was trying, trying to uh, ask you if you thought it was really great. Um, like the best nine, nine is seen, but... nine is really great. I mean, that's 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 some I'd give it an I... eight. I think I'm a harder grader than you. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, I tend to like I like liking things, you know, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like I did. Like you wanted to do a ranking, too, on our next on our next. Uh, oh, yeah. Main feed episode is going to be. Tenant men will do ranks of all of our Christopher Nolan movies. And I did it like the day after, like right after I texted you, I went to bed because uh, you asked me to give you a, a review. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. After I got it like it. four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a night that was. And uh, the next day I did the rankings and I stand by it, but I've soured on it a little bit because I was like, I don't know if I need to see this movie again. Like, this is not fun. I'm just going to sit down to rewatch. I want to watch it again. I actually do want to see it again. Uh, Cause like I actually got a little lost in the middle. Uh, so let's go into some of like yeah. the imperfections here. Like there's maybe too many characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, they was... all, and they all look like main characters <laughs> from other yeah. movies you've seen. <laughs> right. Like obviously like the, the big main characters are, are easy um, and, and I get why he did this, right? Because this is, it's very factual. It's based on like the real scientists and it's like, oh man, like every time, like I was in a nerdy theater, I think. Cause every time like Niels Bohr comes on screen, people are like, Ooh, right. Like really Wait, freaking excited for Niels Bohr. Um, Niels, is Niels Bohr a character? Sater. Sater played Niels, Niels oh, Bohr. He's a, okay, he's okay. a famous physicist. Yeah. yeah. That's, so like they're all, that's a big yeah. problem I had is I don't know any of these people besides Oppenheimer. <laughs> and I didn't know, like there was like, you talked about getting lost. And like when the third act, you realize what the third act is and it's kind of anticlimactic, but like the Very. big thing is like Robert Downey Jr. is like, who's, who's testifying next? Who's testifying next? And the guy yeah. goes, it's Hill. And I'm like, who the who's that i don't know who that guy yeah. is <laughs> i don't know anybody's name that's fine so like I, I i knew like a couple of the scientists because i've i've you know i guess i've read enough like really popular physics books but like not mm -hmm. like i don't know them all right like i knew yeah well i know Feynman because of the tenement podcast because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's the one who like discovered reverse chronology right it's a real thing it's a real theory and he's played by uh dennis quaid's kid um so he's yeah. in the movie. <laughs> Lengthy McTall. Uh, yeah. Lengthy McTall, yeah, from the boys. Um I forget. Where do you stand on the boys? Do you like I like show? the boys. I'm a I'm a I boys. like the boys too. Okay. <laughs> um boy. That's phrasing. Um <laughs> there was like, yeah, so then there's like Niels Bohr, like Heisenberg makes a short appearance. Obviously, Einstein, everyone knows him. Yeah. But then there's like there's a Fermi? lot of other is scientists. Like, like, oh, Fermi, yeah, yeah. Enrico like, Fermi. I know, like, so, oh, I'm like, that's the guy who came up with the paradox, or you know, right? <laughs> Fermi, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, he's another one like we're all kind of familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then there was like his sidekick, who's Hill, Mister Robot, right? Oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> who I kind of <laughs> forgot. I was like, which side is this guy on? I, I, I you, yeah, I'm I know, confused. 
and um, and it's also ambiguous on what all those people could at the contemporary pacing of the movie think of Oppenheimer. That's kind of left unknown. Right. Yeah. It is. Well, and that's the point, I think, actually. Yeah. That's actually one of the points. Um, but yeah. And then there's um, my Fermi. There's the there's the hydrogen bomb guy whose name I forgot now. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So that actor, I was like, this is the one actor that I don't recognize is the guy playing that guy. And then I looked it up and it's because he's mostly a director. Oh, wow. OK. That's uh, <laughs> Safi of the Safi brothers. Oh, OK. I'm going to look it up. What is <laughs> What is he directed? Uh, stuff with. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. Hold on. <laughs> um, where's my IMDb list? It's too many people. Edward James Raymar Edward Teller. Is in this movie, like, yeah. Edward Teller is the scientist that he played. Um, and like, I, I like, I think I only knew a little bit about him going into the movie because I read a little bit about the, just the history before going into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, anyway. And then also like Josh Hartnett, which uh, I did yeah. not recognize as Josh Hartnett. My wife told me after the movie, she's like, can you believe Josh you, Hartnett was in that? And I'm like, really? what? He looks Where exactly he? the same. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he looks like a totally different person. Like that's really? a different human being. I never I would have guessed. Like more, he's an adult now. He does <laughs> like look a, like an adult. He's like a, mid- yeah. it's like a middle-aged man now. The, the cast he is so deep. I'm lost in it now. <laughs> <laughs> I did not recognize Josh Hartnett. David Krumholtz um, is in it. Like some of these guys, like there's a scars guard in it. I don't even know who that guy plays. <laughs> uh, it's like anybody. It's like almost too much. Uh, great actors. It's like a, a modern. It a J, it's JFK. I heard it compared to the amount of actors that kind of show up just for a scene or two. Yeah. Uh, and that's another one. That's just kind of like a history lesson that I watched and I liked, but it's not, it's not something I turn on often i haven't seen that movie since the first time i watched it on two vhs tapes mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think it would hold anyway, up in the modern because that movie's all conspiracy theories <laughs> we should we should watch that and do another special edition actually because that's a that's a good call out hmm. it's homework yeah yeah it's homework. Um, but back so yeah back to oppenheimer i got lost in the middle i got yeah. I, I definitely like in, in the second act i would say right before the third act, which we should get to. Um, but like, you know, before the bomb detonation, there's just like a lot of stuff going on. I think they try and cover a lot of ground with a lot of different characters. And like, I just got lost. And in the beginning, I I made the mental note to say this, that he is now editing dialogue scenes like he edits action scenes where mm-hmm. it's moving. You're clipping too fast. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like when you speed up like a YouTube video or something because you just want to see, OK, how, how does he replace the drain, though? You know, and it's like you put <laughs> it at two times and is this or something. It's just like they're moving. It's very, very fast. It makes it very dense. But you can hear yes. almost every word of dialogue in this movie, which <laughs> I appreciate compared to working on Tenet Men, which you can barely hear anything, <laughs> anything anybody says. <laughs> I like that. That was your, that was the review you sent me, by the way, you said, <laughs> can I, can I read, can yeah, I read what you said? You know, Cause I asked you. Tenet men is basically based on a, a review of tenant that I texted you. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> yeah. That, so sounds, very right. Appropriate. that sounds right. 
So it was actually at like 2 a.m. Uh, Eastern time you sent it. So you got out pretty early. Um, you said, it's a lot of film. Great film. An improvement on Dunkirk. I wonder if you still feel that way. As a history lesson told with great acting, bombastic music, and moral ambiguity. But this time, there's more characterization in the story. Too much? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, <laughs> I heard the shit out of this movie. <laughs> no subtitles needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I also heard the shit out of this movie, so I think that's a fair that's a fair description. Uh, you you said better than Dunkirk. Are you still standing by that? Yeah, I do stand by it because Dunkirk. It's like I rewatched that recently because I was having like kind of a boys' weekend with my son who likes war movies, and I'm like, "Well, let's rewatch Dunkirk because this is the the only other history he's covered, true uh, yeah. events." And there's like no characters in that movie. Like these, like you forget that like the two dudes don't even talk, which is a main point of the film. It's what about the main like point the... Of the reveal? The, the characters I remember most from Dunkirk are the boat people, like the father and the son and the friends. <laughs> yes, that's where the most talking is going on. And then uh, maybe Tom Hardy, actually. Yeah, you just, and he just says like like two words. Like he's very like stoic. Yeah, <laughs> it's just he like, is very stoic. Yeah, like the one guy's like, ah, ah he's on me, he's on me. And the, the Tom Hardy's like, I'm on him. <laughs> that's, all, that's all he says. <laughs> yeah. Visually, yeah, but, it's a, like the, like the end of that when the plane is yeah. landing on the beach, like that's a very memorable scene. Yeah, it's all the visuals you remember yeah. from that movie, and there's yeah. no like character. There's no you don't learn anything about like the commander of mm. um, uh, you know that's the Kenneth Branagh character. Like he just yeah. there to explain why it's difficult getting men off the beach, and that's it. It just yeah. explains the visuals for you, uh, even though there's big actors in it. You don't really get much out of them, besides like the the dad on the boat, which is, um, oh, who's that guy? Uh, Mark Rylance. The, yeah, he architected the Titanic, I think. <laughs> really? <laughs> Isn't this is it the same actor? Oh, the same actor? No, no, it's not. That's a, a different no? guy. I know what you're thinking about. No, Mark oh, Rylance I, is somebody I, completely different. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, my memory is shot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if, by the way, if you told me right now that both of those actors were in Oppenheimer, I'd believe you because there's <laughs> many guys. All right. So coming back to Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, about this. Okay. It's. Were you at all a little disappointed when you figured out it was just the memento gimmick again? Um, I didn't really understand the gimmick, actually. So like my first thought was. And I should have read about it. And I read about it afterwards, I guess. Um, but like my thought was like, oh, I get it. Like black and white is future and color is like, you know, the like the story from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, and that's it, not it's that's like, actually not it's that's actually not yeah. what it is. Right. It's objective versus subjective. That's what. Yeah, that's what Christopher Nolan said. And I never really put it in those words, even though I've seen Memento of like a hundred times, probably talking yeah. about like rewatching it. Um, and you get the idea that like one is from this character's perspective as one is from like an audience perspective, but I never really put it in those words until I saw it like said over and over again. But that's not black and white in memento is, I guess it's, those are the objective scenes from the past. Yeah. Whereas the subjective is what we're seeing from a guy who has no memory. 
Correct. What he thinks of himself yeah. in the moment. Objective is how the rest of the world sees him. Oh, wow. I didn't put that together. So it's, I guess that's it's this. Yeah. It's yeah. the same gimmick, but there's at least two times in this movie. Oh, no, it's three times. I'm sorry. Where the character or a character draws four circles on a chalkboard. And I yeah. clock that as some, because some sort of a, a hint at a deeper structure. Because I walked out feeling like there's another perspective hidden in there, at least one more. And then there's maybe three, there's maybe four if I see, if they keep doing four circles. So. Oh, interesting. I actually have my little notebook here. I came, <laughs> I came home and like wrote down a note to myself, which was just a four, four circles. I remember, I remember the four circles being like the four locations, right? With like Santa Fe in the middle, right? Yeah. And then they're like, yes, where they're like, okay, we're going to compartmentalize this. They're right. going to make the plutonium. We're going right. to work on theory. They're going to do the math or whatever. However, it's yeah. all broken up. But I was I, I, like, and they also draw, they're doing the circles on a map with the protractors circling the cities. Like, this is how big oh. the hydrogen bomb is going to be compared. Yeah. And so I was like, just because I love doing these deep dives and trying to like race to get there first, you know, <laughs> to, to, to go post it on Reddit and be like, I figured out the four circles. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like the three seashells. All right. Because there is at least one more definitive perspective, and that is a surreal perspective. Okay. We, we see dreamlike sequences from characters' points of view, not always just, sometimes just Oppenheimer, where he sees like the dead body on the floor that's all burnt or the skin yeah. peeling away or stuff like that. But also his wife has images of surrealism um, in the in the interrogation scene. Yeah. yeah. Not interrogation. It's a whatever. It's a hearing on his <laughs> yeah, uh, security yeah, clearance. Yeah. Yeah. And All right. So, so, sur- so a surrealism. And I think there's like one more that I just can't like really nail down. All right. Maybe you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to that Reddit post. I'll, I'll drop it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. What else then? What like what did you uh, what didn't you like about the movie? By the way, like, um, there's going to be some spoilers here. I oh, think. yeah. I mean, just yeah, if you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can't but, imagine listening yeah. to this and not having. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what 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 didn't you like about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, getting lost and then the th- the third act being kind of anticlimactic. With until like the very end. Eh, even then, uh, I mean, I left feeling like that was a complete movie, but the ending, like the le- the dialogue between Einstein and Oppenheimer oh, yeah. at the lake, that that left me pretty scarred. And that's why, like, I, you know, there was a, like the third act is, is, is really kind of slow compared to like the first, the first two hours of the movie go really fast. I mean, it's, oh yeah, like it's, it's, it's really well paced. Then the last third is a little slow. Uh, but then that dialogue is um, like, it's like, it's like di- uh, dark night esque, right. But just way yeah. deeper and it hits much harder. <laughs> yeah so yeah that part with einstein i kind of feel like it's like an epilogue but like what i'm talking about is like the building tension of the strauss storyline is not it's it's 
it's that's what I feel is anticlimactic. And even though I'm sure they're going to try and give Robert Downey Jr. awards for this performance, um, it's it just I, I was lost in that hearing. <laughs> and it also People, had the best, yeah, yeah, the best read throwaway that. little thing in it. I've read that. It's like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. has to win for this. And I'm like, I mean, like, you know, he's good. He didn't blow me away. Yeah. He, yeah. He was good. He, he did the part. He did it well. <laughs> yeah. He was bald yeah. or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. Right. He, he cut his hair his for head. the part. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know who um, I was surprised that I liked because I was worried about it uh, going in, seeing, having seen Matt Damon in the movie, in the trailers trying to do like yes. a joke line or something. And I was like, that just doesn't feel right because Killian Murphy is clearly doing a, playing a historical character. Like, and the way he gets his eyes to bug out. Oh my God. Yeah. How does he, how yes. he do that? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's so like, he so much did eye an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. His face, like, his facial expressions, his eyes, like, yeah, he's, he, if anything, he, he deserves an award for this movie. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. He was but incredible. Matt Damon is just Matt Damon. <laughs> he's always Matt Damon. I don't know that he's capable of anything else. Well, I don't like Goodwill Hunting was incredible, right? But since then, he just plays the same freaking guy. But like when when he's on screen, the movie is so much better. Even though like he's not, he's at a different level than everybody. You just like <laughs> him because he is Matt Damon. Of course, oh, yeah, when, he's great. Yeah, and when he comes back in the in the the hearing. It, it's just oh like, yeah the movie just got better again because he's in <laughs> and he even gives like almost a wink to the camera as he's walking out he's the oppenheimer <laughs> but it's like <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna yeah. miss him <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll flash back i don't know where these crossover storylines are going on <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair what uh what else didn't you like i don't know if there's anything really else the Okay, Th- that was a weird sex scene. Which one? Uh, the is there more than one? Well, the, well uh, like it's, it's like a callback to it. Yeah, there's like there's two. The well, okay, yeah, there's the sex scene where like she makes him like read the the line that in a different a bab- language. A bagavidida. I can't say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Uh, that Destroyer scene. Worlds. You're talking about that scene. Yes. Yeah, that's so like that's that scene. That's almost it was almost cringy, right? And like not because of like the sex scene part of it. Like kudos to Nolan for getting out of his comfort zone a little. I don't think he's ever done that before. It, I, don't but, think, like, I can't think of another sex scene. Like, does Memento have sex with? I don't uh, think so, Eric. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think like I'm all for it. I think it's fine. I think it's cool because it adds to like the Oppenheimer flawed character and all that stuff. But he like was a womanizer, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like him reading the line like while having sex was just like cringy. Like that's yeah, it was not, like, uh, and that's not like, how he learned. That's that's not where that line came from. That's yeah, not where it not. like became top of mind. And it's almost like it's cringy because you're like, oh, I get it. It's a creation and destruction are the same force, and you know, um, oh, he's, he's wow, having okay. sex, which is an act of procreation, creating. Got it. Okay. But it's not like they created a kid in that moment either. Maybe like no. that. Like <laughs> he's just, they're just. Yeah. Which makes me wonder what his Christopher Nolan sex life is like because I've never had uh, that kind of 
weird sex. Probably like and then, tied down and forced to read Sanskrit. Okay, and then we're both going to sit in these chairs. <laughs> he probably naked. probably wrote this script pre pre-coital. <laughs> What, what what do you do with your wife? You guys don't just like sit in a bare room completely naked next to your wife yeah, who's also completely right. naked. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, isn't, that's what that's what adults do, right? Like <laughs> That's my experience, yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's almost like a 12-year-old wrote that scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what that's when I started playing with the well, was that a real scene or was that surreal? Were they actually no, no, sitting there was, like that? It, it was it was subjective. It was the subjective part. So it's from his perspective, but it's not. It's fantastical. It's, it's not dreamlike. Well, it's kind of dreamlike. I don't know. That's where I was like. Got you. I I, I I get what you're getting at. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. It feels <laughs> it, just like the subjective part. Yeah. Hmm. What did you yeah. think of the the actual bomb sequence? So I've read a couple of reviews, I've listened to a couple of reviews, and I've heard some like contrasting thoughts on it. But what did you think of the bomb? I, I imagine other people were over uh, underwhelmed, okay, it, because it is the most actiony part of the movie, and it just works, which is you know. So it's just, but the you know the playing of, with the sounds and. Um, I, I wish they would have set up a little bit the different distances that each characters were at. Yeah. Because I kind of didn't understand where everybody was and to what end. Like, what are they testing by being at separate distances, safe distances? They said it really fast at one point. Yeah. And I, and I kind of missed it. Yeah. Because um, you don't know what the stakes of anything is. And there's a lot of tension building up in yes. there. And little details that I love are the, throughout the movie scientists are making mistakes or miscalculations mm -hmm. or maybe they're just like out of hubris like we said the jack quaid character i forgot is who he's playing he's Find like no me. no I'm, I'm okay there's you know there's the windshields will protect me yeah and my there's a couple of people in my audience that were like gasped or like oh, oh. <laughs> but then that's there's true like, there's no real true. consequences I, uh, yeah. to that <laughs> it's true um yeah I read about that and he did. He uh he like famously said or something that like he he may be the only person that watched it. Um <laughs> but it's not like someone else also saw the blast uh and like went blind temporarily temporarily for like 2 days uh hmm. because of it. So but yeah, that part was true. Um I, the other part I really liked is the they play with the sound because I've been, you know, around a lot of explosions uh and big ones and there was like a time where i was like um it's an iraq story so you know one time they were dropping a big bomb on a city that you know we had it had been cleared out and they just want it was a show of force kind of thing that we just wanted to drop a bomb to show that we can do this um this was early part of the war you know when war crimes were going on but you know, my, my, <laughs> I remember my lieutenant, like they, they asked him like, okay, this is the, how big it is. This is the radius. Uh, are you guys clear of that? And he's just like, looks at a map and goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck. We're not, <laughs> we're definitely not. <laughs> and it, 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 when it goes off, you, you know, you, your brain suddenly makes that realization of like, oh, there it is. You don't hear it, but you go, oh, 
Oh, it take, it's going to take a while. It's like when you see, it's like when the baseball gets hit in Yankee stadium, you know, yeah. you're like you, you'll hear it a little bit later. Um, and then you, it just when you get to the point where, Oh, maybe we're not in the blast radius. <laughs> I won't hear it. That's when it's like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> it's like right when you forget about it or you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it really reminded me of. Interesting. It, that's super. It lasted yeah. for a while where I was like, so when I, is the sound going to kick in? <laughs> I thought the same thing. And then I, uh, again, I read about it afterwards and the guys, the, you know, the guys that were sitting on the mattress backwards and whatnot, um, it took three minutes to get to that team in that's real life crazy. in the Trinity, like three whole minutes. Like they saw the blast and it took some, almost three minutes for the sound to get there. So uh, very real. Um, wow. Oppenheimer I, I, and the bunker that Oppenheimer was in was only like 2000 yards away, which is, which sounds too close. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds way too close. And yeah. And the other thing was that one guy runs outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's what I, I read. He was like 2000 like, yards away. Is this away. guy committing suicide? And there was no, I thought like maybe they, one of them, I don't know, really know the real story, but I was like, you know, they don't talk too much about the radiation effects on population mm. that's kind of i don't know if, i couldn't tell by the movie if that was an afterthought or if they yeah they they mentioned again it was like really fast at one point they were like oh depending on the winds right mm-hmm. uh you know the radiation could blow in a certain direction or if like the bomb doesn't properly detonate then they're just gonna blast like plutonium uh like all, all over, over the, the desert or yeah. something yeah but yeah they don't they don't go too too deep on it okay so overall though did you like the blast scene or you didn't you were, you, I were did you like underwhelmed by it i did I, I i could tell other people would be underwhelmed i thought it was very very well done <laughs> i thought I it was great yeah a little bit <laughs> i i thought it was great i thought the graph like the you know however they captured you know a bomb going off was really well done um i really like all the, like the little graphics of like you know it's like basically like particles on a on an atom and stuff and then they have like the little sparks and stuff i like all those little graphics throughout the movie i I thought those were cool and not graphics because they're just they have to be real yeah yeah. because he's it was real yeah yeah i believe they've only done like touch up with cgi everything started with a real image he said it's like a lot of magnesium sparks and stuff like that um Mm. but i liked it I, i liked all that stuff i really did yeah, and also like the seeing the stuff like the atoms moving around when he's in the college yeah. sequence, and like his brain can't stop because it's constantly thinking of uh, these particles moving around, the atoms yeah. moving around, electrons, which are what <laughs> the atomic bomb is made out of. Do you do you remember the opening shot for the movie? I I you know I don't I I actually couldn't even remember. I was like, do we start with Robert Downey Jr. when because he comes in early, but. It's not no. that early. What's the opening shot? The very first shot is a puddle with raindrops falling into uh, the puddle. Circles. Yeah. Well, a lot of circles. Uh, <laughs> it mirrors the last image in the movie yeah. of the missiles going through the clouds. Uh, mm-hmm. So also like just a little chilling there. <laughs> and, to, and like I guess that like also shows like his depression in school. He's not really fitting in. Oh yeah. Along. Yes. Um, He's going to poison the guy with an apple, which is such a cliche, but might have happened. Who knows? Yeah, that one's weird. <laughs> so I, I read about it afterwards and the, you know, Wikipedia says it's a real thing. Um, but then I read an interview with um, Oppenheimer's grandson 
And he said that it's actually like not really substantiated in the book. And like, he, he doesn't believe it's actually a real story. It um, might've been father, like him just yeah. like mythologizing himself a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like, oh, yeah, no one, <laughs> no one's really confirmed. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like there's great proof of that, that actually happening, even mm-hmm. though Wikipedia says that it did happen. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the other guy that like poisoned that? But then like Alan Turing, Turing, uh, Turing, 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 Turing. Yeah, did he? Himself. he? I think he poisoned an apple and he ate it. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, computer science. Another other yeah. great inventor of a, a machine that will one day kill yeah. us, kill us all. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, biopics go, this is a great structure for a biopic. Uh, I was reading in the paper today an interview with Christopher Nolan and he was saying that he, about his Martin, he had the, um, he had a Howard Hughes script that he had almost ready to go. And then he found out Martin Scorsese is also making a, a Howard Hughes movie. And it's like, it's great unmade script. So he's like, no, I've been working on how to structure a biopic. Cause the crazy thing is this wasn't even written when Tenet, when he was done with Tenet, he created this oh. whole movie between Tenet and now wow because that's fast that's real fast yeah because there's a lot of talk of oppenheimer in tenant as we know and um robert uh there's a story that robert batman's son bought him this book i think or a book about robert oppenheimer uh as a present uh and it was part of the inspiration for doing oppenheimer wow okay that's super interesting Cause that's not that long. That was 2020. That movie came out. So they yeah. were working on this, but then they, and then it's all COVID times too. Yeah. Which that's wild. Which does make sense because you're just, I, I would imagine going like looking at this going, Oh yeah, we can build a city out in the desert because that's what this movie's about. And then it's all just kind of like a few people in rooms. So I guess you could with COVID yeah. protocols, get that, get that greenlit with the amount of money they give Christopher Nolan to make movies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, oh, uh, the, um, who is the, who's the other woman? The only other woman in this movie, um, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt. Uh, that might've been the greatest portrayal of a functioning alcoholic I have ever seen. Mm, okay. a highly functioning alcoholic and i was like oh are they setting her up to be like this terrible alcoholic <laughs> who's gonna like forget the baby in a bathtub or something but no she's highly functional <laughs> <laughs> which i love i was like oh yeah she's got her shit together <laughs> yeah and you know she she pulls through during the uh during the hearing right she uh mm-hmm. she gives a really great defense of uh of oppenheimer her husband yeah um, apparently that's all from the record of that action yeah everything even the even the quips that she throws at that dude is that right oh wow yeah. i hadn't read that that's pretty cool that's, i that's can't pretty cool. confirm that but i read that or heard it somewhere i read I'm that sure that's, um, all, that's all on the record so i'm sure that's available to somebody i'm sure yeah i read that um i've read a lot about it right so the um what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So like him losing his security clearance just like really crushed him in life. Um, but then I also read that like JFK during his administration was like willing to, you know, like drop it and get him his clearance back, you know, hmm. for his service or something. And he declined. He said, no. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting what they chose to be the dramatic part of the film. Because yeah. after the bomb's been made and then they go off, he's kind of powerless. It's a lot, It's a big right. story about having power and losing it. And they also mentioned yes. that Matt Damon kind of chose him because he would have leverage over Oppenheimer as mm, compared to other. Yeah. Like if he would have gotten somebody who didn't have this checkered past of leftist Marxist um, affiliations, um, that guy could have railroaded him and had more yeah. power. But Oppenheimer, we, we have a we have leverage over him if we choose yeah. him. And then after he makes the bomb, it's he has no he has no say in how it's how it's used right yeah that's you could see you could see the struggle he has with that um yeah yeah so there's like, also once like that once that turns once you're into that part of it it's like he's kind of like hardly the, he's not even the main character anymore there's another movie going on starring robert downey jr that has to be yes. that is the resolution to oppenheimer's movie there's um there's a lot of interesting digs at Einstein in the movie, which are fun. <laughs> um, and I, I so I read um Walter Isaacson's Einstein, you know, uh, biography, and if I remember correctly, like Einstein wanted to be part of the Manhattan Project, but mm -hmm. the government wouldn't let him because uh you know he's born in like Germany, right? Most of those guys were, yeah. Um, I know, that's the thing, right? But for whatever reason, like the government wouldn't let him be close to it. Oppenheimer did consult with him multiple times. Mm -hmm. And like in the movie, they, they make it sound like, oh, this isn't Einstein's cup of tea because he's like, he's the gravity guy. He's not the quantum guy, which was true in like Einstein's early life. But like by the 30s, and especially the 40s, he did embrace quantum mechanics, right? He was trying mm -hmm. to, he was looking for a unified theory between the stuff that he had done and quantum mechanics right so um he did you know especially by world war ii like he was he was on board with quantum mechanics yeah and you know america like winning oh. winning winning this war he was uh, yeah you know, having, he was always been, on board with that yeah yeah uh, but it's interesting also like but if you bring in an einstein who's world famous and you put him as the leader of this project and then after it goes off it's revealed yes einstein was the leader of this project. Um, he now has a lot of political capital to yeah. shape the world. And I would think the military and particularly the government would rather have, um, you know, this guy from Berkeley who nobody's ever heard of. And also, that's you know, fair. If, if his, yeah. if his britches get too big, we, we, we just throw a Robert Downey, a Strauss at him or something <laughs> to take him down to investigate him about things we already that's know fair. about. That's fair. Because he's very naive too. That they're not going to that he can talk him out of using the bomb. This is like I can build it for you, but like, right? Yeah, you, you know, we could just use it as a demonstration. What if we just show them what it can do? Right. Yeah, that's fair. And he, yeah, and at times he he has to play both sides. He has to like he's and he's very bad at it. Sometimes, <laughs> like just like going to, oh, Truman. It's Truman he talks to. Yes. That's true. Like, that was also based on a true story. Uh, he said, <laughs> like the 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 words he used in the movie is like what Gary Oldman, by the way, great little uh, uh, always surprise, always great with the the prosthetics yeah. coming in as <laughs> a surprise. That was a surprise. Also, Casey Affleck. I didn't know he was going to be in it. Um, 
But yeah, he said something like, don't ever bring that sissy scientist back into my office. Uh, it's, he literally said that. Uh, Harry yeah. Truman said that about um, about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was not good at the politics of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like that was the second thing that made the ending very, very chilling to me. Right. There's like, oh, hey, like we just created this bomb that could destroy the world. Right. That's that's depressing as shit. Um, but then also like Einstein telling him like, hey, you know, they'll give you an award just like you guys gave me. But it's not for you. It's, it's for everyone else. Uh, and that I don't know. That was also very chilling to me. Just yeah. like, hey, you know, you lost you lost the political battle here, just like I did. You mm-hmm. know, And now, like, no one takes you seriously, just like you didn't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. you know yeah but at least we like- took down strauss we got strauss out of power <laughs> yeah 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 they certainly did they certainly did no uh and- department of commerce for you you guys yeah, what, what, is that what he was going for I was like, well there was weird. <laughs> what was there the was position no de- he was trying to get it was it was a uh, department of commerce there was no department of energy oh uh, that's okay and in, in that co- energy fell under commerce right and that's why oh, makes sense okay yeah yeah so today he would have been you know the department of energy but it didn't exist back then <laughs> yeah because it's weird to like okay i'm following this guy who's trying to get a mid-level position in a, like a cabinet <laughs> i'm not exactly sure what president is right what <laughs> what president was that it was truman, that truman? right or it no I, I, Eisenhower. eisenhower right it has to be eisenhower. okay that would make sense yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah it would be a new administration yeah truman yeah, yeah. would have inherited roosevelt's administration yeah exactly yeah it was okay. it was eisenhower I, the name check on JFK was almost cringy too. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's almost like uh, it's your cousin, Marvin Berry kind of <laughs> level of name check. Just, yeah, it's these two guys voted for you. And then this one guy that John F uh, Kennedy, I never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They could have. They could have played that. Like, you still could have made the name drop with it being less cringy, or it, it, make him a character. Like, what's uh, we couldn't get somebody playing young Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. People love or, to do that accent. <laughs> era, era, I, uh, I, oh, it's that accent is born to say the name Oppenheimer. Era, yeah. Oppenheimer. <laughs> He's a good man. <laughs> Like uh, he would be young, so he'd have to be a young actor. Can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm out there. I, I can't figure it out. Everybody's already in this movie. Maybe that was actually. It. Yeah, I was it gonna was say like, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid could do it. He's got. He could. He could have done it. Yes. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been great. Yeah. <laughs> He's Marilyn Monroe's next to him. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is Marilyn. <laughs> She's unhappy with you, Mr. Strauss. <laughs> She's not a cop. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the, no, never mind. <laughs> She's not okay. a cop. <laughs> the departed, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a cop. <laughs> Swear to me you're not a cop. I'm not a cop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I never mind. have to the departed. Um, yeah, I think you do. I, think after, I do have to see this movie again to work on my four circles theory okay yeah i want to see it again now that we're into like record-breaking record time uh i know you also saw saw barbie and oh uh, yeah i just i want to get like four minutes of perspective from you 
<laughs> it's another movie where a person um, <laughs> uh, or a doll uh, um, has an existential crisis, uh, <laughs> possibly uh, leading to events that could destroy the world that she uh, inhabits. Um, but it's brought back. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, that's the best connection I can make between the two. Otherwise, it's just a lot of fun. It's a kids' movie made for adults that kids okay. could just see and think is fun. Um, and then there are uh, adult jokes throughout that are just fun, and the visuals are just absolutely <laughs> crazy. I, it, it's funny. It's fun. Um, it was a lot more. It was a lot different <laughs> of a movie going experience than Oppenheimer. <laughs> Did you bring the the kids to it? I, my daughter came. Yeah, I brought my daughter. And my oh, wife. nice. They were. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were going to see it. And then I was like, no, I definitely want to go see that, too. And uh, Ryan Gosling almost steals the whole movie as Ken. OK, it, it becomes a Ken movie. Like he literally like discovers the patriarchy and then decides to take over the movie using the power <laughs> of the patriarchy. <laughs> that sounds depressing, actually. It is. It's a very, there's a lot of depressing things to it. There's a lot of great act, actors uh, in it too. America Ferreira is in it that I didn't see coming and she plays a big part in it. I did see the spoiler that uh, Will Ferrell makes an appearance. He's in, he's like in charge of the Barbie. <laughs> he's in charge of Mattel. He plays the president. of Mattel. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's fun. I don't even know what else to describe it. Um, and I also love that it's making uh, like man babies really mad. And I just can't help but think like, why, like, why would Ben Shapiro go see, why would you go see the Barbie movie? If not to just like already affirm that you hate it. <laughs> uh, is that, has he said that? Has he said something about Barbie? Oh yeah. He came out with like, uh, I haven't seen it, but I just saw the thumbnail for it where it's like, uh, this movie's terrible. <laughs> And I'll tell you why, why it's wrong. And I'm like, would you go see it opening day? Like you didn't see it by accident. <laughs> All right, I want to hear more about that. Uh, let's let's make let's make it political. Um, all right, gun also, to your head, gun to your head. You have to watch one of these movies again. Which one is it? Oh, uh, I'd probably gonna. I'm probably gonna watch both of them again. But uh, <laughs> I would probably watch Oppenheimer again just because I'm more interested in it. Also, okay. interestingly, you mentioned political. This is Nolan's most political movie. There's, uh, no there's a political edge to it. That's fair. Um, Interstellar like, has a, a little bit of a political edge to it. Very little, but because it's sci-fi, you can kind of go, yeah, um, you can kind of go, oh, well, you know, it's future stuff, you know, sure. Yeah. Crops failing, whatever. Um, <laughs> but does Nolan, stuff. does Nolan take a stance one way or another? I don't think he does in the movie. I think it's just showing both sides. Uh, are you talking about Oppenheimer? Opp like, uh, yeah, Oppenheimer. Like, I don't yeah. know that, like, it, like, there are political things covered, but I don't think it, like, states one way or the other. Yeah, it's a little apolitical, but it's, like, telling right. the story. But there's certainly, there's certainly a left-leaning uh, lens to this. Because if you wanted to, like, show it conservatively or appeal to a political right of center audience, you would not have Strauss be the bad guy. You would have, you would, you would have Oppenheimer's left leaning Marxist tendencies be his own downfall. Um, 
Interesting point. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And it's also very interesting now, like with Hollywood on strike, that the big part of it mm. is about union unionization of labor in the very beginning of that movie. Yeah, that's also and a fair Pop point. Oppenheimer. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> if 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 all you dear listeners have uh, any questions, comments about Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, send them our way. Oppen- we would, you, can't uh, say, you can't say it without the accent now. Without I Oppenheimer. <laughs> I can't. I've totally messed up everything. I have no words today. They're all messed up. But send us your thoughts, and maybe we'll do a second special edition of Tenant Men, Oppenheimer. Uh, mm. We also only have like six episodes left of Tenant Men, so looking for ideas for that next podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whatever we're going to do in the future. Yeah, we'll do something. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for listening and, uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Oh, I'll see you at the beginning, friends. That's right. I, I I don't have the script. Goodbye. Okay. I forgot this, just the structure of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) 